Hello, listeners. I am proud to announce a new sponsor for Made in Japan podcast. If you're a longtime listener to my podcast, you can easily guess why. For anyone visiting and living in central Tokyo, come visit the Nakameguro Tap Room from Baird Brewery. Opened in 2008, Nakameguro Tap Room is the first Tokyo area tap room from Baird Brewery. Their kitchen specializes in New Haven style apites, which I have told you is the best style of Neapolitan pizza. New Haven style places a high emphasis on high temperature baking, fresh seasonal toppings, and a crispy light crust. Combined with all the classic Japan based Baird beers on tap, enjoy all vintage beer hall feels at Nakameguro Tap Room. There's even a sofa area and a large TV screen great for sporting events. Only a two minute walk from Nakameguro Station, the tap room is open daily until 10 p.m. For more information, visit BairdBeer.com. So, wait, so you want me to sing it or say or... I can sing I can sing it, but I think that it would make more sense for me to just say it in a sexy way, right? Okay. I can't believe I'm doing this right now. <laughs> These are relatively easy to learn, and being able to read them is very useful in negotiating Japan. Is that good? <laughs> Good enough? Gotcha, <laughs> He's just getting me back. That's, that's, that's the only reason. Nelson's getting me back. That, really, that's the only reason why he invited me to do this podcast. Because he wanted to get back to me. Get back at me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that was all like, you know, nice talking to you, but. <laughs> Welcome to Made in Japan Conversations with Meljo Catalan. This is my podcast about Japan, but it's not just your run of the mill cool Japan podcast. I want to explore a side of Japan besides sushi and sumo, anime and video games. I'm here to extrapolate and meditate with the local people that your travel guide probably doesn't touch on. People that are hungry for making it. And people that have made it. This podcast is my talks with them. Hey, oh, made in Japan listeners. And if you are new to this podcast, welcome, welcome.、Uh, just to let you know, Made in Japan podcast is mostly a donation based podcast. If you want to donate some money and help feed the production and help、uh, provide drinks for my guest, Please visit kofi.com slash made in Japan podcast. That's ko fi.com slash made in Japan podcast.、Um, yeah, all the donations really are just, just you know, funneled into this podcast, and, and that is that's what I do. So we are moving on, and I think if you are a longtime listener, you know that I have. Always have an inkling to talk to any guests that you know have some type of music relation. And this specific guest, I am really fired up to、uh, share with you.、Um, she is a one Yuri, or I should specifically say 
diva fresh Yuri. Yuri is a singer songwriter and she has been educated overseas in music and is back in Japan. Um, I met her through Clubhouse as like recently most guests I've had. Um, and, but you know, she, she can really, really belt a tune. The moment I heard her YouTube channel and the moment I heard some of her songs, which I hope you guys can appreciate. Um, I just thought it was great that she was willing to come out and chat face to face throughout, you know, with all the circumstances that's happening right now. I, I know many artists, musicians, performers are are quite nervous and, and just, just really um, having a hard time in, in, in the industry right now. So it was really good to have Yuri on and, and just like learn about what, how she came up and what, what's her influences. So, so yeah, it, this is a good one. If you guys know me, I, I just like talking about music. Um, but that, that doesn't mean that I can, this podcast is only straightforward to just something music related. I just, I don't know. I connect with music and it's something that I think all of you should, uh, you know, get into if you, you know, really not into music. But anyways, yes, let's move on and have a chat with Diva Fresh Yuri, the Japanese singer, songwriter, and arranger also. So without further ado, here we go. in real life you're actually the second person yeah sec- probably second person that I'm meeting in real life like oh, really? yeah I, I met this one person that works in the record business um, that lives in Osaka so he wanted to have a meeting with me so I met him when I was in Osaka a few weeks uh, back and then you're the second person some of the other people that's on Clubhouse like they're friends in real life so I already know them in real life but like you know Simi I don't know Simi oh you've never, never no never. I mean like you but You've I never met on. Her in rooms, yeah, in rooms. Or maybe Hiroe. Hiroe Foster? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're both like uh, my friends in real life. No, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I see them everywhere. In every, like, many rooms. Yeah, we we're, we all like support each other when we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> when we're doing in, um, rooms and stuff. That's awesome. Like last night, I was in this shoot your shot room because Simi was hosting it with another you know guy on Clubhouse. And I'm like, I really don't want to do, be in this room, but I was like, I'll support you. <laughs> so I learned about the shoot your shot room recently because mm. you know I don't I don't know. Yeah. I walked in and I'm like, okay, this is really. It's weird. <laughs> You're judging people by, by their voice and their profile picture, and you don't even know if what gender they are. Mm. <laughs> the thing is, you and it's like you have to be ready because they kind of like. They're like, oh, so we're assuming that you're single, da 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 da. Like, but I mean, I knew, I know Simmy, so I knew Simmy wasn't gonna drop a bomb on me. But like, and you know, you want to be careful because you don't know who's listening, and it, you know, yeah. So. People like 
secretly recording and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But Yuri, you don't have any secrets. You have, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like an open book, just like me. You're, you're such a good journalist. <laughs> I can tell already. You can tell why. You know how it works, but like, uh, I want to start because you know, sure. I brought you here, like, because I thought your voice is awesome. Thank you, I appreciate it. And I'm like, why haven't I heard of you before? And I'm, I'm like, but you've got that certain, you know, when people have a certain voice, and mm -hmm. I don't like to peg you in a different to a specific genre, but yeah. can, I can feel like your voice, you can do whatever you want, whether it's R&B or, or gospel or soul or whatever. Am I wrong? I think, I mean, I, I certainly listen to a lot of different types of music, um, and, and I, you know, I like a wide variety of music, but, um, but my forte is really R&B and pop, prob probably more on the R&B soul side, okay. more than anything. Where, like, what, when did you first, like, hit that R&B where, where did that bit bite you, you know? Was it like... You know, <laughs> I always, I feel like I always was, like... This kid that that liked to listen to soulful music, I just didn't know that that's what that's what it was. Um, like my mom liked Stevie Wonder, so naturally we listened to Stevie Wonder when I was little. Um, Aretha Franklin, all like the soulful singers that my mom listened to, I ended up listening to when I was growing up. And then as I sort of like made my way through college, I went to to a music college, so I went to Berkeley. So in Boston. Yeah, in Boston. Yes. So. I mean, when I went to Berkeley, I met a whole bunch of people that was just like super talented, knew a lot more about music than I thought I ever did. You know, so they sort of um, introduced me a whole variety of different types of music, not my, just R&B. My whole generalization of Berkeley and Boston mm -hmm. is like insane jazz nerds. Like, like they're there too. Like insane, <laughs> like music theory jazz nerds. Yeah. Like will just like school you on any type of like music timing. And yeah. Like, and like these specific harmonies work, you know, and I'm just like, okay, this is out of my depth of field. <laughs> they're certainly there. I mean, you're you're a singer, you're a, mu a, mu a musician yourself, so you know. I mean, they're certainly still there, but I think that that image of like Berkeley being a jazz school is sort of like an old school image. Now it's more like just whatever genre you you're into. Like when I was at school, everybody was just doing whatever the hell they wanted and jazz was jazz was one of them you definitely had the jazz nerds too and you definitely learned jazz chords because Berkeley has its own like system of like learning music so you can tell actually by the way people write uh, music if they went to Berkeley or not they have a like do you know? Do you understand like chords? Do you read chords at all? Yeah, or? I do. Okay. But I'm, but I'm not. Actually, I was self-taught. Oh, have, okay. Like, private lessons. I've mm. actually never went to a school. Mm, well, that's see, that's that's super admirable. We went to a bunch of. I mean, all of us. We went to Berkeley, and we came out learning the Berkeley method of writing music. <laughs> it's just. It's, it sounds like a like a sorority or fraternity. It kind of does, right? It, it kind of felt like that actually a little bit, but um. It's not very useful when you're outside of Berkeley, though, because really, it's, it's a different code, and I won't bore you with the details. Okay. <laughs> Way too much. Well, tell me about like the, the experience, because you said you came in, you, were, you said you were intimidated with the other oh, yeah. years. Yeah. So how did you feel like, did you, uh, of course, you just continued and persevered. Yeah. Like, how did you do it? I think just youth 
in general. I feel like I feel like um, just being really young and not knowing anything, and then just being ready to learn more than anything. I feel like, but yeah, just. I feel like I was an open book. I actually, <laughs> it's funny because you said that about me when I walked in, but I, I really am an open book when it comes to music. I feel like I'm always learning, you know. So um, when I was at Berkeley, when I met a whole bunch of people, my even my roommate, who was a fabulous singer herself, it was um, always like, I was always interested in learning what people were listening to or like what, what people were singing because I'm a singer or playing on their instrument. And so from there, I think I sort of wanted to expand my horizons because I had listened to what I had listened to up until that point. But for me, it was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like, for example, I always knew what salsa is, but I never knew, like, Celia Cruz. I didn't know who um, Mark Anthony was. All my friends are the ones that taught me all these names. So I started listening to them. Um, and of course, I was in Boston, so you know, of course, I learned all the all, everything that all and anything about Aerosmith because they're from Boston, right? <laughs> what? You don't like Aerosmith? Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. I love Steven Tyler, by the way. Love, love, love Steven Tyler. Yeah. I would say what's that album? You didn't love the album with the cow. Oh. uh... That was my second CD I've ever bought. Mm, 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 mm. And I remember just playing it. Yeah, over yeah, yeah. And over and over. Yeah. That was a good album. It's a really good album. Yeah. Um, I just don't even remember the song name. <laughs> I think Crazy, wasn't it, maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat the Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it may have been called Eat the Rich. Okay, yeah, don't shoot us if it's not called Eat the Rich. Because I'm not sure. <laughs> So you were a huge Steven Tyler fan. I, well, okay, so I like I, I like Steven Tyler as a vocalist. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a I'm a fanatical Aerosmith fan. However, I do have my favorite songs from them. Like, um, yeah, like some of the songs that they have out and the, the pop songs, the pop hits that they have. I like I like their songs. But yeah, Steven Tyler is one of one of the greatest in my book. Yeah. See, I always wonder, I always thought that, like, great singers mm. have a very wide range of vocal tastes. Yeah. I think that really inspires you to recognize. Mm, I agree. I can tell, I know you're a Whitney fan. Huge. I know you're a Whitney fan. Like, I just mentioned Mark Anthony as one of my favorites. Um, in terms of like Latin singer singers, oh man, there's so many singers that I love. But um, I would say Faith Evans is one of my like she's definitely up there. Yeah, um, in terms of R&B and hip hop. Uh, gosh, jazz. Okay, so my all-time favorite jazz singer is Ella Fitzgerald. That the best, the best. Of course, you're in the class. We listen to Ella Fisher every Christmas every Oh, really? Yeah, she was just part of our Christmas vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, like when you have great ears like hers, you can tell that she just she's that's an instrument right there. Like Billie Holiday, love her too, but it's a different type of feel, you know. As a singer, singer, I just love the the execution that she has as when she's scatting, when she's singing, like just 
and the feels that she gives when she's singing. Speaking of which, I don't know if you know who Misora Hibari is. No? Misora Hibari? Okay, so so because I was born and raised in Japan, um, she's, to me, to this day, she's, she has already passed many years ago, but she's one of the best divas that ever came out of Japan, in my, in my opinion. She's known as a, I think an enka singer more than anything in Japan, but she's one of the, the queens of, I would say, soul, soul music of Japan. Um, she comes from an era, like post-war era. She was a singer when she was a child, but she just grew up in the music industry in Japan. Um, huge hits. Um, definitely anybody would know, if you're Japanese, if you're born and raised in Japan, you would know who she is, right? But the control that she had when she was singing on stage, and she spoke she spoke no English, not a lick of English, but she came out with a jazz album back in the day, and it was so like, I could tell she was inspired by somebody like Ella Fitzgerald, the way she was executing her her stylings, her vocal stylings. Was Just, it that, that era? Was it the same era as Ella? I think very similar. Yeah, very similar era. But, um... <laughs> Just one of the best, so I like her. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I don't really listen to a lot of pop music. I'm not a huge fan of pop music, but I mean, there's some that I really like, but you know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so after you know, you have, you have this uh, passion mm. studies to focus on singing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like after Berkeley, you came back to Japan. Uh, after Berkeley, I actually worked in Boston, Massachusetts, for a few years, and then eventually I moved to New York. Where, um, actually, don't tell anybody, New Jersey, because I live in New Jersey. I actually lived in Jersey City. I know New Yorkers hate it when I say New York when I actually lived across the Hudson River, but... You know. It's super impossible that ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと、あ、
all, but that that's what I that's what was my what my life consisted of actually for a few years. But um I did that and then and then I was also singing with a funk band in New York. Okay. So um I would like work nine to five in an office and then from like Thursday night to deep into Saturday night I would work in the club singing in clubs with a funk band. So I was doing that for a few years. Um yeah, I I mean it that to me like those days when I was doing stuff that was not music related are the days that I really actually appreciate now because I feel like when I worked in an office I was miserable really because that's not what I really wanted to do but it was just you know I was trying to pay my bills yeah trying to survive in the big city um, and um, but I was also thankful that that you know they they equipped me with the with the right sort of training I guess if you will I feel like because I'm an independent artist now I'm doing everything by myself so I gotta organize everything when I'm putting on a show which I actually have a show coming up next week but um, um, when I'm preparing for that because right now I'm not I don't belong to any sort of management so I have to do everything from A to Z on my own so but if I didn't have those skills as a person that worked in the office back in the days, I don't think that I would be able to handle all that stuff it's by always, myself. It's always great to remember those skills from different parts of your life. Yes. yes. You never know when you're going to Absolutely. I mean, I mean, okay, so I, I worked in an office, but I've, you know, worked as a waitress. I've done everything basically to try to support myself and just survive. So, but those are the experiences that I appreciate now. I didn't appreciate them back in the days. Right. But now, for sure. Wait, so, so you're independent now. Mm. When you first started as a professional singer, did you join the channel? Uh, music record so I have a <laughs> it's a very interesting story because uh, I auditioned for a tour um, with a big artist, big name in Japan, and um, who I actually grew up listening to. So I, I was a big fan of his already, his music already. But when I auditioned, I actually passed the audition because he was having auditions in New York. Yeah, so, um, and then I passed the audition, so that was actually my step into the music industry in Japan, and I was completely free, just doing stuff independently at, at that point, but as I was touring and I met uh, different people in the industry, there was an opportunity for me to actually come out with my own CD, so when that happened, uh, I met my, my ex-manager, who was help? Who said, "Hey, I'm gonna. I want to help you with your career." So that's how I actually ended up being in a in a comp being associated with a company, a management company, who actually helped me when I came out with a with a with my own album. Um, a couple, well, 2012. Yeah, 2012 is my first was my first album. Um, that came out of Crown Records, which is one of the big Japanese record labels, major record label labels in Japan. So that's how I did that. But um, you know, management is really—it's <laughs> a—it's a very interesting concept. So <laughs> I, <laughs> um, and also, like I, you know, I'm—I'm I'm the type of person. I have a very specific vision about how I want to do my music and how I want to create my music. I think that I'm probably very difficult to manage, especially in a Japanese corporate type of environment. <laughs> so, we talked about this before. How it's so different from the United States. It is. It is. You know, back in the day, we talked about how it was easy for like a DIY artist or a band just to make it by themselves and then tour a lot. Yeah. Just tour a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone will find out. Yeah. But here, it's a little bit different. Can you tell 
like, the difference? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I feel like in the States, um, entertainment lawyers have a lot of power. So, if you're connected to a good lawyer, then they can actually bring your CD or, or whatever, well, what, your demo to the right executives that they're connected to, who will then actually push you if that's the way you want to go. Although now, I feel like you don't really have to have that type of connection. You can just, you can be an independent, I mean, Frank Ocean. Yes. Right? He's one of the um, innovating artists that really just took it to a different level for artists. I really, when he came out with his, was it, was it called Orange or something, something Orange or Orange something, anyway, his album and the way he did it was just brilliant. That's when everybody was like, oh, I don't need a lawyer. I don't need managers in this industry. I can just do this on my own. Because the, the major record labels will actually come to you as long as you get those, um, get the people just talking about it. If it's buzzing on on its own, then then people are just going to want to yeah, be in on that. In Japan, I feel like it's a little bit more clicky. Um, and, and yes, there's a lot of independent artists in Japan as well that, that does what Frank Ocean did, or a lot of independent artists do in America too. I feel like Japan is still very much an old school type of feel when it comes to music. Um, so they kind of push you into a position where you have to belong to a certain management group, have to belong to a certain group of people in order for them to push you out there. And it's all about connections, uh, which is true for the States too, but more so in Japan. So I would say those are like the biggest things. Mm. Did you ever feel that pressure to like having to like do that? Of course, networking is such a powerful tool mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in any city. Yeah. But like in Japan, do you feel like it's like... Um, um, I would say that I would say, maybe if you're an artist that is uh, a foreign artist that's trying to survive in Japan, yes, I would say so. However, I I, I would say it's it's about the same. You have to have connections in both countries, I think, because eventually you have to get your music out there it's not going to get out there on its own so you have to have people all across the board pushing your stuff out there in both countries Meljo did his research. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's a great, great song too. Thank you. I really like more with your YouTube videos that you put out recently. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I think a lot, talk about this with artists during the the Corona times. Mm -hmm. Artists have really, really produced some amazing stuff during the business. Mm-hmm. And I think like your 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 online live stream collaborations with like uh, uh, I guess your 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 bandmates your 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 bandmates. Uh, some of them are, but actually a lot of them are just friends that I've just ooh, that we've just befriended one another just through the years. Through the years yeah, yeah, just um just working. Like, like your your friend uh, the bassist. Oh, Wataru. Yeah. Just yeah, him like looping his bass and yeah. you see Wataru I love that. Oh, thanks. It's like, that's good. I like it. Thank you, thank you. Oh, now.
when you touch me there and when you make me tingle oh and I'm just fun because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of music right now that's like 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 trying to sing it Try to, it's real dark, right? Try to, like, uh, I, mean, I, I want to hear a song like, yeah. like yeah. I know what you mean. I, I feel like right now that's sort of like everybody, you can tell because the music that's selling it is, is really either raunchy, which you know, whatever, different, whatever, di like different flavors for different folks, right? So that's fine. But then, then you have this, this these groups of group of artists that are just really in that place where you can tell like they're you know just they have to either be high or drinking or smoking all day to survive this pandemic and although i completely understand that feeling right and i feel like and then like people like bruno mars and anderson pock that just came out with that that fun like just light-hearted song oh really silk sonic no i haven't heard it yet uh, it's well, it's it's definitely at rock. It's like old school soul music. But when they put when they do it, it doesn't sound that old school. It sounds fresh because it's the two of them. I love Bruno Mars. Love Bruno. Just just Yeah. What can he not do? Have you seen him? Have you seen him in I've concert? I've never seen him in concert. I've oh, okay. just seen like you know I'm a football fan. I just saw it when he was performing for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Time shows so much. Everything like, like I had this. Mm -hmm. like, this dude. That was an amazing show. This dude. Yeah. <laughs> how, like how often do you come on stage with drums? Yeah. And yeah. then you like switch up to your vocals. Yeah. Like, this is the thing, right? I think with Bruno Mars, he's he's a great artist, but before he's an artist, he's a musician. And Anderson Pac is also like that. Anderson Pac is a is a drummer before he's a singer, and so. What I really appreciate about guys like that is that they're, of course, they're artists, and and instrumentalists to me are artists too. However, they took that and they put it into their their music when they're creating it, and it just creates magic because I mean it sounds corny, but it's really the truth, right? I consider myself a musician before I'm a singer or an artist too, and so when I meet people of the same mind, I can tell right away, oh, this guy or this girl that she's a musician, you know. She, you can tell she has a she has a love and respect for whatever instrument she might be playing, and then she puts that in, back into her artwork or, or her um, songs, and then it kind of creates this like momentum of like, wow, you know, everybody's excited about that. I really appreciate that, and I. I yeah, that's amazing. Your your actually your story is pretty amazing because I know I heard your story like on Clubhouse, right? Which is how we met, really. Like when you told me a little bit about your story, I was like, wow, that's pretty. That's such an interesting story. And then you're out here, you're doing your thing, and. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing to me when people tell me that they're self-taught musicians, and then they're actually they have such a love for you, like you. You have such a love for your music. It's just I'm a music lover. I can tell. Like music was just part of my life, and I think with all musicians, whenever I talk to many singers, I'm not I'm never ever starstruck or anything like that. I love just talking about like music. Yeah. It just it just came hand in hand with. Washing the dishes, yeah. taking out the garbage in my house. 
It's just like, you know, my first concert was my mom took us to a Broadway musical. Oh, which one? Like Not, ooh, one of my favorites. Like, I was like, like seven years old. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, and everyone's dead on stage. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, why is my mom mm. bringing me to this? But I'm like, the music's so good. It's good. And I, I, I equated Lady Miz soundtrack, but I had all of my records there. I would play that next to like the Beach Boys. Mm. And then like later on, just like my different, uh, my brothers and sisters would like show me heavy metal, mm. like, hip hop, like Cindy Lauper. Like, yeah. You know, Love just, Cindy. Like, just every room in my house was a different type of music. Type of music. Right. It was just a part of us. But I think for me, it just kind of, I just, it just it was, it's my life. Mm. I've done piano lessons. I hated it. It was mm. I'm like, no, I want to I learn the bass guitar. I want to mm. learn trumpet. Mm. I mean, so, so I just I understood like the keyboard and like take that and go to the next instrument. Yeah, okay. yeah. I like this type of sound. Mm -hmm. So so, but finally, eventually, I realized like like I like singing. Mm. Mm. It's you know I'm <laughs> our story is very similar in terms of that because I was actually a flutist when I was I don't know if I told you this story but. <laughs> Like, it is. That's true. It is, it is. I, I, food is super I love, I mean, one of my favorite tunes by Prince is that, um, Get Off. That, that flute. Woo, it just adds something to that like track. The first time I heard something in a rock album, which is like Jethro Tull. Mm, I'm telling you, flute is flute is the shit. Am I allowed to swear on this? It's very flute is the shit. It is. Do you still play it? Okay, so yeah, um, I do on occasions. I, I say that um, it's actually on my my clubhouse profile. It says I'm a flutist on special occasions. <laughs> it's because I don't practice as much as I, I should. Um, but I actually do um, get requested to play sometimes either on other people's um, shows or whatnot so I do you know I'm actually thinking about putting a food track on this um, next thing that I'm working on okay cool uh, so yeah maybe you know maybe you guys will be able to hear something from me how timely that you're talking about your recent stuff because we're recording just after I found my and you posted that like you did some gospel arrangements for uh, the, the band, uh, Sekai no Yes, 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 yes. And I, of course, being the journalist, I listened to it today. Oh, you did? I put on my music ears. Yes. I just, I didn't think about the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I just heard, I just wanted to, I wanted to just uh, know your gospel arrangement skills, right? <laughs> so, uh, listen to it, and it's fucking good. Oh, like, thank you. End, especially the end of the mm -hmm. end verse, like after, you know, the first person, just the last two minutes. The outro. Mm -hmm. Where you have, I can hear some tracks coming in, like a Google track coming in, harmonizing. I can hear your voice a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just love that. And then just put on the car. Which, by the way, sorry to digress again, gospel choir arrangements should be needed more. That's that's true. It's true. It's like that type of band is really it's kind of like an upbeat kind of band. It's a you know I think it's a it's a pop rock band right? Yeah. They have a very like happy tone going, but when you like this new song, 
Badoman or Birdman, yeah. Birdman? It made it more like epic, more like fluent. Like whenever you hear like gospel into some type of song, yeah, it just makes the song just lift it much more than the surface of being honest. Yeah. So good on it. So the, the lead singer of the band actually re retweeted me, and he said, he said your arrangement, Yuri, actually brought brought this song to life. It's like it, and he's like, I really loved our, you know, our record, um, our record, a recording session. <laughs> it was a long recording session. <laughs> it took forever to do. I was. Oh, let me tell you something. When they called me to do this arrangement, they said we have to have it in three days. That's actually at least five days worth of, full five days worth of work, what I was arranging for them. He had actually some of the um, stuff arranged, but then he wanted more like, uh, like just more work on it. So he asked me to arrange it, but when they told me they were working under a deadline because it was a, it was a theme song to one of the morning talk shows in Japan. Yeah. And so we, we don't really have a lot of time, but we, you know, we knew that you could do a job, great job, so we wanted you to do it. I was like, okay. So then the process of going back and forth with the, with the leader of the band and me was like just intense. I mean, I was in that, I was in my house recording three days straight. I was really stressed out, actually. But then finally, when the, when the recording day came, we went in. I was there at seven. I didn't get home till 3.30 in the morning. It's a long recording long session. Series. I was beat, <laughs> to say the least. And I, I, I will say though, I, you know, as I continue to do the musician track, mm. one of the things I really do is, is studio time. Oh. I've always loved, I, even though I've always been like a really shitty hardcore band or like metal band, but still, like, the best times in my like, memories of, not, it's not just playing shows or mm -hmm. that's what you really thought. Mm. But like, spending time with your family in the studio. In the studio, yeah. It's just such a magical thing. Mm. And, and I think that's why I do podcasting, because it's a little bit of that mm. vibe. Mm. Like, I think you can twist and tweak and like, everything with the people talking to Yeah. I just, I just love that, that magic. Yeah, it's definitely a different feel from when you're actually on stage, huh? Yeah, it's got its own little like perks of being in the studio and just being able to twerk things the way you want it to sound. Which do you prefer more? Ah, wow, that's a good question. I, mm, I think that for me, I'm definitely probably more. Wow, that's a that's a good question. I don't know. I think that. It's very close to 50-50, but I would say maybe 55% performance, live performance, is my thing. But then 45% is definitely recording. Because I get to, yeah, like you said, I get to do little things here and there in the studio. But 
performance, live performance is really my thing because I've been I've just been doing it for such a long time that it's just it's such a natural thing for me, you know. Like right now, it's killing me because we can't really do a lot of that. So. Ah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm not going to let you go because I haven't forgotten. Yes. Right now, I would like you to say the most boring sentence in the most sexy voice. <laughs> you got me that last time. So, uh, my birthday's coming up. Never okay. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> but, since I just wanted to make you feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard you because you caught me on the guard, off guard last time. And you were like, say a word, an boring word. In a sexy type of way. <laughs> I need you right now. Oh my god. Sing something sexy. Oh wait, do you want me to say it or sing it? No, your choice. What do you think? Huh, okay. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to like look for something where I can just like. No, I'm thinking maybe I should read read off of one of these books. Craft Beer Japan. Okay, let's see. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think this is pretty boring enough. <laughs> so wait, so you want me to sing it or say or? I'll just. I can sing. I can sing it, but I think that it would make more sense for me to just say it just in say a sexy it. way, right? Yeah, <sighs> okay. I can't believe I'm doing this right now. <laughs> These are relatively easy to learn, and being able to read them is very useful in negotiating Japan. <laughs> is that good? <laughs> is that good enough? <laughs> He's just getting me back. That's, that's the only reason. Nelson's getting me back. That, really, that's the only reason why he invited me to do this podcast. Because he wanted to get back to me. Get back really at me. I don't care about your career. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that was all like, you know, nice talking to you, but. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, actually, do you know when this is coming out? Yes, I'm going to try to pick this up next week. Next week, okay. So I don't know if it'll be in time or not, but next next Friday, the 28th of May, I'm doing an online streaming show, and uh, it's going to be called Yuri Presents R&B Night, and it's me um, with uh, Janika Cole, who's another great singer based in Japan, um, Wataru Suzuki, and really the whole band. I've I've curated my my band so that I've I've gathered everybody that I really wanted to be a part of this. 
And um, it's actually our fourth time doing this Yuri Presents R&B Night. But um, because of Corona situation right now in Japan, it's, cases are still high and we're under state of emergency. We're just doing this online. Um, it's one night only, no archives. Um, it's just me and my, my great musician friends putting on a great uh, rendition of all the songs that I just love to sing and love to listen to. Um, we're going to have two dancers too. So it's going to be a pretty big production. It's going to start at 8 o'clock, uh, Friday the 28th. And if you go to E Plus Tickets, I don't know if you know E Plus Tickets or not, but if you go to E Plus Tickets and type, type in Yuri R&B, all the information will come out. It's I think I think it's like 1,500 yen to to watch the show. So please support us. It's really um, it's really hard times actually for for artists like myself and musicians like my band um, because there's really very little work, little to none actually. So any support that you can give us is very much appreciated. Um, if you could also help um, help us by by following us on our Instagrams and or Twitter, probably Instagram, right? Because you're, you're, I'm assuming that your listeners are mostly, yeah. So. Um, and Facebook, okay. Should I give them my Instagram handle or? Okay. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. So my Instagram handle is Diva Fresh Yuri. Um, Diva Fresh Yuri. So if you find me there, please follow me, and um, and follow me in Meljo. <laughs> Maybe you can hear us like talk about nothing on Clubhouse. On Clubhouse. <laughs> Follow us both on Clubhouse because sometimes me and Melja will be in a random room together. Yeah. That one room that you were doing on April 1st, that was a fun room. Oh, yeah. Wish I could have stayed a little bit longer, but I had I know, something I else. It was actually, it got a little wild. Oh, did it? Like, some people were just like going in. Me, like, like, they're the deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was a good room. It was a good room. Yeah, but yeah, Meljo and I, we you know we cross paths in the hallways of Clubhouse, in the mean hallways of Clubhouse. So follow us when you see each other. When you see us on Clubhouse, follow us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Meljo. Appreciate it. Thank you. You can follow Yuri on all social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or Clubhouse at Diva Fresh Yuri. So uh, yeah, if you want to check out what her, you know, what she's doing, and also keep up date with um, any uh, live performances that she's doing, whether it's uh, live stream or um, hopefully in the future concerts. So, yes, Yuri, Yuri, she, wow, what a badass. Anyways, you are listening to Made in Japan podcast, Conversations with Meljo Catalan. You can listen to me on all types of podcast players that you like to listen to. And if you can, leave a uh, review on Apple or Spotify. Um, or also leave, you know, download or subscribe to any of those platforms that you use to play your favorite podcast. Um, feel free to hit me up. I am available to contact to uh, mostly on Instagram and on Facebook. It's uh, at Made in Japan Podcast. And also, as I said, Clubhouse too. 
My handle in Clubhouse is at Made in Japan Pod. Sometimes I'm doing a,、uh, a hosting a room. Sometimes I'm just joining in. And pretty much, if you ever see me there, I'm probably just just want to have some fun. You know, I'm not I'm not all about of an agenda. Just want to hear, share some stories and and talk to people. Also, my email address is japanmademepodcast at gmail dot com. If you want to shoot me a comment, a question, or a concern, or if you just want to just straight out、uh, hang out and you know give me an email and talk, that's fine too. So, yeah, my email account once again is japanmademepodcast at gmail dot com. Thank you for all listening. This has always been a blast to do this podcast, and stay tuned in two weeks for another episode. But until then, be safe, be well, be chill, and peace out. <laughs>